But to remind you what, we, we, what we've had, that is, says we're going to start today on chapter cuff base. So I'm leaving out a bit of cuff aleph. Because you, so I'm reminded what had actually happened. We'd, we'd <coughs> they'd had seven years where they were actually doing some fighting. Even that was a bit desultory. They started off fighting very successfully, 40 or 31 kings and whatever, and then somehow uh, Schlepser, maybe because you didn't like the idea of going around killing people, which is what was involved, or maybe because, you know, you had your own little piece of land, so, uh, you know, <laughs> what's that the matter, you know? What's the point of sort of capturing, if you're, you've got enough land where you are in, let's say, Oxford, why should you go around and capture out Scotland? I don't know what you're going to do with it. There's no such good transport that you can have out to holidays. So, they didn't do that. And then eventually, Yeshua got fed up and said, well, let's divide up the land. So that was another seven years. And at the end of it, Yeshua says, well, I have to be Mekayim, what says in the Torah, of giving the Ori Miklot and the Ori Lezian, which also have a dinner Ori Miklot. And um, then he's got this next job, which is in chapter Kafes, which is telling the B'nai God and Reuben to go back home. Because they'd stay there for all these 14 years. But I'd like to just, before we just do that, just let's have a, a little look at the last psukim in Kafalaf. Posuk Memalaf. Vayitin Hashem the Yisrael. So it's chapter Kafalaf, not Posuk Memalaf. Vayitin Hashem the Yisrael. All the land was given by Yeshua, and they controlled it by Yeshua, and they lived in it. Now, the next psukim I understand is that pasuk which is which is difficult to understand. Let's consider the next psukim that makes good sense. They were had peace. That is, in this period of time from Yehoshua, and a period at the beginning of Shoftim, they had no trouble. The Goyim weren't attacking them. It didn't last, as after we get a final Shoftim, the Goyim were indeed attacking them. But they had a period of peace. Of peace. Okay, that we understand. They, were, they had control over all their enemies. They know how Dover, Mikola Hatova Hatov, Ashadiba Hashem or Basi Soil Hakurbor, or everything had happened, they had no peace for them. All the way around, everything was fine, everybody was happy. Yeah? But the problem is that first possible. What does it mean? And the Rabbag is pointed out here, but I'll be showing him points out elsewhere. Because clearly we never actually controlled large parts of Ertisol. Now let me just give to to illustrate this, I'll I'll give you this map from the I haven't given it before. I don't know if I did. This is a map, and this is a minimalistic, right. a minimalistic map as ever it was. I think two of you have to share because I've got. I have one. This came from um, just from the uh, Rav Cook. There's a new one. Sorry. It is a new one. It's a new map. Right. I haven't given that one before. Oh, that's good. What they're trying to do now is show what we never captured. I can't say they're very good, they're very clear. But if you look, first of all, even within the area, well, let's look at the area outside. First of all, we've got the area of the Plishtim. That wasn't captured. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the Ersi soil, there's no doubt. If you look at, however you look at the borders of the Ersi soil, you take the second, the lowest part of the Yama Melech, and somehow you're going to get to the, to the um, Wadi El Arish, which they marked, at the very least, if not the, 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 the Nile, the land of the Plistim is part of the Ersi soil. That wasn't captured. And then, worst of all, when you look to the north. Now, at a previous time, I've given you different maps mm-hmm. as to how far up we go this is a, almost a, a, a minimalistic view of how much Eretz went to the north. But if you look at the end of the yellow, before you get to this um, crossed part, you see on the left-hand side where the Mediterranean is, you've already got 
Akai. Then further north, you've got Tsaya, so you're now into Lebanon. And then you're going into Tzidon, Sidon. Then you're going to Beirut, yeah, going up the map, going on the, on the west coast of the... And then you're going up... I mean, as you know, some maps of Eretz Yisrael, of the original borders of Eretz Yisrael, have us going way up. And they've indicated it, because if you see at the very top, there's Levoy Hamos. Well, that's in the Chumash as being the northern border. Yeah. So if that really is the Vaychamos, and incidentally there's lots of different shidduchs of where Vaychamos, but if it is, this means, you know, so how do we reconcile this Prosuk, which says, when clearly at least, what, 50% wasn't taken over? And worse than that, if you look at those, unfortunately it's not very clear, some of these m- towns, which they um, are not just red, but red surrounded with a circle. It's not as clear as it might be. These are supposed to be towns which were still occupied by the Goyim. So these are towns within Eretz soil, which we st- later on find controlled by the Goyim. Um, some of them, if you go, look, go from, the, from the south, um, actually even Yushalai was still controlled, You've got the Gezer, for example. I'm not for sure why they, why some of them have cut. Are I'm quite sure what they've done in, in which. Maybe all of them are meant to be. I'm not quite sure what their map is trying to say. But Jerusalem was still controlled by the Goyim. I'm not sure about Beersheba. So you have vast numbers of towns, at least, which are still controlled by the Goyim. So how do you understand this? Well, the Valbag says, well and this is what everybody else has to say, yeah, we had conquered everything, in a sense that there was nobody now who was prepared to fight. But the Yidden didn't throw the Goyim out. And there were these large areas, the Plishtim area, the Lebanon area, the further north area, these various different towns, which we just left them. We could have done something about it. If you look at the Raubag, if you've got the Raubag here, he says, V'ulam, the last three lines, V'ulam, Nisharu Elu Basibas Atzlus Yahushu of Yisrael. They just were lazy. Yeah. They just didn't do it. In other words, they could have got rid of the Goyim, but they didn't. So the most they ever did was to ask the Goyim to pay taxes and perhaps to stop. I mean, we had this question about how could you leave people in Eretz Yisrael serving a Vedazor, and maybe they required them originally not to serve a Vedazor. And they said, we'll leave you in peace if you pay taxes and uh, don't uh, serve a Vedazor. But nevertheless, we have these, uh, these large numbers of areas left over in the hands of God. So all it means is, in positive men out of, it's not as clear as you might have thought, yeah, it was all given to them. But nevertheless, on the parts that they wanted to, and many parts they didn't. And that's going to be the problem in Shaftim, when we get to that. So now, he's got to send back B'nai God and B'nai Rubin. Except you would have thought that he wouldn't have to send them back. They could have, they could have simply gone. They came across promising Moshe Rabbeinu that they would be here for 14 years. Yeah, it's, it's a bit cold, isn't it? Yeah. The door is open. Didn't close it. So, so um, they could have gone. They, they promised. To, they said originally, we want to go over for seven years. Meshavayim said, you come over while the fighting is occurring. And they said, and they volunteered that they would stay longer. So Meshavayim said, okay, yeah. But they could have gone now, uh-huh. but they didn't. So now look at the post, a chapter covers Oz Yikwa Mosha Yehoshua, Lorovani Vilagodi, Vilakati Mata Menasha. We'll come to Menasha in a moment. Vayomir Alehem. They had all their children there. There's small children over there. In the East Bank. Yes. Yeah, they left their children there. But she seemed that they would run. Right, you, I, I had intended to leave a little, a little bit later, in a, in, in a, but, in a, but since you were, the whole thing is absolutely sugar. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, 
these people, okay, so they've got these cattle and whatever, lots of it. But you know, perhaps we all do crazy things like this. Here's people who are saying, we are so interested in our cattle and our sheep and whatever, and having these, these lands which are very suitable, we will leave our families for 14 years. That's bad, isn't it? Isn't it? It's basically true. I mean, admittedly, many people do similar things. So perhaps it's not to an, to, an, to an extreme. Isn't they say that on, on a matzeva of somebody, nobody's ever said about him, wow, he's got a great big house, and wow, he, he built up a big business. I mean, he always talks about being a loving father. Yeah? That's the sort of thing you put as your... The, the person wants his matzeva. And yet people are... In, so many people spend so much time with their business and whatever, and so little time with their children and with... And, uh, and, and, uh, and Torahs and Mitzvahs. But there certainly is a, a peculiarity. There, there is a... a um, the Zaya HaKodesh actually says, sort of puts it, that, that, that there was a defect in them. And it perhaps goes <coughs> into, into their minds. I think I may have mentioned this before. God, it comes from the word Bogod, isn't it? Isn't that what, sh- what she said? Um, Leah, that he, y- Yaakov yeah, had no right to marry her, to marry um, uh, Bil- uh, Zilpah because she had already had children. As it were, I'm afraid women, as we know, being always married men, know that women some have their, their own ways of behavior. So she volunteered that he could marry Zilpah, Leah, expecting, I suppose, that he would say no. And then he said yes, and she's all annoyed about it. And she says, oh God, that you, that you rejected me. But, uh, you know, that's uh, the trouble that they often bed the they, they practice with very um, black and white. And if a woman says, you know, oh, I, you know, I mean, a classic one, isn't it, when women say something like, um, um, oh, I could really do with a cup of tea. And if they said, can you please make me a cup of tea, you'd understand. But it's, I could really do with a cup of tea. You think, yeah, me too. <laughs> isn't that so? They have a different way of talking with it, you know. Uh, so this, this is the problem. <laughs> she says, um, you know, what, would you like to marry Zilpo because I've stopped having children? And he thinks, well, you know, you know why not? I mean, you know, he has to have 12 children. Or whatever the reason is, well, he knew, but he's supposed to have four wives, whatever. So he says yes, and now she's annoyed about it. So, God, there's a degree of rejection, which apparently yeah, is regarded as chasson. He should not have married her. She should have realized that, it was a, that, that she volunteered, but she didn't really mean it. That's Bogod in relation to it. Reuven, again, is another one that he thought he was with another woman because he was with, together with she was, she was um, Leah conceived straight away from Bia Regina. And Chazal um, and say, if you're, thinking, if you're with one woman and thinking of another woman, then that produces a problem in the, in the, in the, in the behavior of the child. And again, Reuven, therefore, he was thinking he was with, with, with Rochel and he was really with Leah. And as far as Menashe is concerned, that one I don't remember what wrong with Menashe. But, um, so they end up now on, on, the, on the East Bank. And as you see, they were taken away to Golas first. Yeah? They're the ones who moved away from Yiddishkai first. I mean, that's why the Golas happened to them first. Um, and of course, they weren't, and this, is, this whole story is going to involve later on. They're not, you know, it's just so proper, but we'll, we'll have to talk about that in a moment. But anyway, Oz Yikra. You did everything that Moshe told you. That's, a, that's high praise. What would that be? That they came over and they stayed for seven years of fighting and seven years of division. But and not only him, but you listen to me as well. Whatever I told you to do, so for example, in Eureka, we said don't attack until the seventh day, and they listened. Or whatever. You've stayed here all this time. Until now. Not clear what that means. It could mean normally mishmeres, which represents the idea of siogim. You not only keep the Torah, but you keep away from the things which lead you into sin. The Torah itself has got certain siogim, like leisikuvu uh, legalis erva. You shouldn't touch a woman because that can lead on to the actually actual erva. So, you, or for example, the nozir is not allowed to uh, go into to have grapes and yeast to wine. 
So we have certain siyogim, and that's all the drabons. You make siyogim. So later on, on the time of the Knesset, became institutionalized with certain gazeras which are buying the whole of Kali Israel. But at that time, they didn't have drabons in that way, but it's, it was uh, true for everybody according to what he found was a Yetzirah. At the risk of stepping into something dodgy to illustrate, if you know yourself to be, um, unfortunately, it's a horror you'd want to look at pornography, you'd better not have a, a t- uh, an, 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 what do you call it, with, with a, without a, a very strong filter. But if you happen to be somebody, or not one, have one at all, but if you're, you're, you're okay, then you may not have to bother to put in a filter, because you know you're never going to go on to pornography. I'm just giving this an illustration. In those days, maybe nowadays, things have changed, we've got these gazeros. Now, Kali soil are now okay, you know. As we just said, nobody's attacking them, they've all got their own land. Go back to your tents. It's interesting he calls it tents. It's unlikely they were living in tents. I mean, you, you live in a tent when you're moving around in the midbar. It may be an indication, it's either because the word Ohalechem has now become the word for a house. Like later, later on in Tommy Rob Minavot, they said, um, go back to your tent. Maybe it's a phrase. Or it may be it was referring to the idea of marital relations. You were saying, Mr. Sampson, they've been away from their wives for so long. I did say somebody who suggested they might be allowed conjugal visits and they were allowed to sort of go back every now and then. They'd come back again, as it were. Um, but uh, maybe this will mean that now you'll be permanently able to be with your wives. Remember, for example, Moshe Rabbeinu was told yeah, that everybody else should go back to Aleichem, and you should stay with me. Which was given to you. Yeah. Now, and then he gives them a bit of drosha, which I'll come to in a moment. But can I just go back then to the first words? What, what, why did he have to tell them anything? So the, the posh of Pshad is, they hadn't gone. They were waiting for permission to go. And that's why he had to call them, he called them to tell them, yes, well, you know, you have permission to go. They were, as it were, obedient, where they weren't prepared to go until they were actually told to go. Because they could have just gone. And that's why he's going, he's, he's so impressed with them and gives them a nice box, uh, as he goes on to say. There's a slight problem in grammar here. Oz Yikwa, future. Now, we, I don't know if you remember, we had an Ibn Ezra who says, after the word Oz, it's always put in the future. Like Oz, Yosha, Moshe, when Moshe did do it, which is past tense. He says, uh, so one of the Meshugasen of, <laughs> I'm not sure I should say Meshugasen, of the language which is commanded by the Abishta, but, but um, the peculiarities of Lashon HaKodesh, according to Ibn Ezra, whenever you find the word Oz, you always use a future after that. That's what he wants to say. So really, this happened in the past. Other people said he was, was Yikro in the sense he did it many times. He would call over one group and then another group and then another group, and he wanted to speak to people more individually. Yeah. So it was it was a habitual. We sometimes find the word um, the future used when something happens many times. Right. So now he gives a drosha, and now he says, "Rak shimru be very careful." It could be he's particularly warning them because they're going to be on the other side of the Yarden. Now nowadays the Yarden is a tithe, is a, a piffly title, a small little uh, river which you can go over quite easy on, on, over the Allenby Bridge. I assume you haven't got Jordan on the other side. Yeah? But it would be easy to cross over the river. The Yarden is relatively small because they've diverted water all over the place. Yeah, the, both the Jordanians and the Israelis. So it's really quite a small little pathetic thing. But in the original time, it was a really a major, a major river, at least in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the winter, the beginning of the sort of springtime. So the only way you crossed over the River Yarden is by going right the way up north. It's called the Marvus Yarden, which if you remember we had. So the, the essentially they'd be cut off. So the rest of the Yidden would have Shilai in their centre, somewhere around the centre of the soil, and people would, every now and then, as you were, I don't want to compare it to the Hajj, but that sort of idea, that you would come along, you know, the Muslim, Oida Regal, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd go every now and then to Shilai, to, even if there wasn't a Khir Oida Regal to Shilai, it would, you'd nevertheless go up to this holy place 
if you're on the east bank, it's, it's much much more difficult to to go yeah, to yeah, all the way to the Shiloh. So they need more of a of a, of a musadrasha, or maybe a storm they're going away, so he gives them a musadrasha. So he says to them, and it's really this is the words of the Chumash. That's to love Hashem. That refers to the ideas that Mahu Rachum, is talking to you about the general attitude of the Abishta being kind to people and, and visiting the sick and looking after people. The Lishma Mitzvah keeping the actual commandments, with a Dov and to stick to him, that could mean sticking to Tamidich Achomim, we sometimes say, but it could also mean um, keeping away from, Ramban says, constantly thinking of the Abishta, Shivisi Hashem, the Negdisomid, it comes down to the Dov Koboi. Being prepared to only think in terms of good ideas, which is even to give up your life for your religion. Okay, fine. And then by Vorchem Yeshua came Mabucha, by Shalchem, and he sent them away, by Yechua, and they went. Yeah. Okay. And then as it were, we now, that seems to be clear, and then we sort of go back on things. The Lachasi Shevet Menashe, now, Shevet Menashe had been in Portugalus as well, hadn't it? So, what about them? Lachasi Shevet Menashe, Nosa Moshe Barboshon, Moshe Rabbeinu had given them Barboshon. Well, the Chetzer, Nosa Yeshua, Machechem Eva Hayad Yoma, but half of them had been given, the other half were given by Yeshua in the West Bank. Now, we know all this, we, we already know that, I mean, we've had this chapter after chapter telling us how Menashe was given, half of Menashe were given land on the, in the West, and how um, Shevet, Menashe, half of them had been given land on the East Side. So what's he trying to, to say that some people suggest that Menashe represented a different system to Reuven and God. Reuven and God came up to Moshe Rabbeinu and said, we want to be on the East Side because we've got all these cattle, we don't want to be on the west side. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, all right, if you provide your provision to fight, then you can, you can have the land on the east side. Yeah. That is to say, really, the land on the west side should have been given to them. They were asking, and the, the land on the east side would belong to everybody. I don't know, the suggestion is originally it would be sort of communal land for holidays or equivalent, or everybody could take their cattle, and this was going to become exclusively for the people on, of, of Godom and, 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 um, and Reuven. So therefore they had to, they were told, you can exclusively have this, provided you come along and at least fight for everybody else on the West Bank. But not Menashe, they never came along. But nevertheless, we find at the end of the mid, Moshe Rabbeinu sort of says to Chavos, you know, you're you know, your Menashe, you go and collect, you know, take over those lands. Because you, you've also got dangerous people up there, Oig and Sichai, and they were given the job of getting rid of them, and they were told, well, you, why don't you live up there? So they, as it were, weren't in the same situation. They had never been required to make a promise you come over and you fight and therefore you'll get your land. They were just given that land. They had no chiv to come over at all. Nevertheless, they did come over to fight and to help the rest of Klaliswar. So therefore have to be mentioned, they're now mentioned additionally, that Shevet Menashe, it that Shevet Menashe had been given Bosham and therefore they really hadn't required to come over, but they had come over and they also had to be now sent back. Yep. They as well were sent back now to the east and they're given a book. Okay. And he said to them, that could be Menashe, or it could be all of these going back. With a lot of assets you're taking back. And with a lot of cattle. That is to say, there was a, when they, the Yidden captured whichever, they, from whichever Goyim they did fight, 
you get a spoils from the going. And what he's now saying is, uh, by the way, you're entitled to it. Now, you would have thought originally people would have cut spoils you know, as they're fighting. Apparently they didn't. Because you get soldiers busy cupping spoils, they're not really busy fighting. So maybe they all stopped, uh, forbidden to, to take spoils, and maybe just all heaped up, or kept somewhere, and now it was being divided up. And there was a good line of argument for saying that God and Reuben would have no right to have any of these spoils which was captured from the Goyim in, in the West. Why? Because if you don't have the land, you don't have the spoils. I mean, the, the spoils is part it's of the land. land. It's the Goyim who lives there. You, have, you were given land on the East Bank. You did fine. You got the land of Sichon and Oig. So anywhere you, you cut a lot of land and you kept with that, you kept the spoils. So, you know, that which is true, you had to come over and fight. You did. Very nice. Go back. But now you're sure saying, no, 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 I'm prepared to give you a share in this, in this yeah. business. That's one chart. Another chart is he's saying to them, make sure that when you go back, you share it with the people who, are me- who stay behind Meva Liyad. Now, this actually is something which... Well, let's, let's actually see, see how Rashi says it. The Gamki, that's the first Rashi, Zayin Gamki, Shilchom Yeshua, he sent back, Lechatsi Shevet Hamanashe, Kasha Sholach, says B'nei Reuven a God. Just as he sent back Reuven a God, he now was going to send back, he's going to send back uh, Menashe, although they have a, there's a different situation, because Menashe had no duty to come at all, so Zichadeh could go back anyway, whereas God of Reuven, maybe they needed decla- a, a statement, yes, you've performed your duties. We therefore authorized you to go back. Menashe had no duty anyway to be there. So they mentioned separately. Okay. In so B'nai Ruven the God. Yeah. That Menashe would share it with Ruven and God. Because maybe Ruven and God would be entitled, but Menashe wouldn't be entitled, and he's saying, because they're just plain fighting. So told, no, 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 you also, you took a share in the fighting, you should be fair, that you should have it. That is, not the whole of their God, they Reuven, came over. They left behind a large number of people to look after, to protect the women and the children. And those soldiers did not go over. So they as well have to, are entitled to get a share. And this will go back to our Romorino, that Avon Movino, when he when came, came to afford to get Sadaim, and he said that even though I don't want any of the spoils of Sadaim, but on Eshkel of Mamre, who looked after the Canaan when we went to attack, they went out to it, and later on, David made it a rule as well, when they, uh, in relation to Tiklog, when he fought against the, uh, the, um, the um, Amalekim, and left behind some soldiers to look after the Canaan, and he said that the, their spoils from the Amalek had to be shared. So you've got this same, this same idea, idea here. Interestingly enough, this is a pillar that the Radak, who who you would have thought would not say anything which is um, easily criticizable, if that's the right way to put it, um, he says, well. That can't be right. He says it can't be right because the whole of them went over. As they were stating the Chimish, as it, you know, they, they all promised to go over. They should all have gone over. And, 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 and the reason why I'm saying is if, you, if, if, if I can take you back to chapter Dullard, I know it's a long time ago. I think we commented on that at the time. It says in chapter Dullard, and it will be called Sokka, would you know? Yud Gimel. I think it's done Yud Gimel. Is it? No, no. Yeah, no. This talks about... 40,000. Well, if you look at your Chumash and you take Reuven and God and half of Manasseh, you've got way more than 40,000. Yeah? 
Yeah. I mean, the Chumash itself tells us all the numbers yeah. of people between 20 and 60. And you've got, you've got far more than that. LMI, not everybody moved over. I mean, it's really foolish in the Pesukim. Therefore, you, presumably, perhaps the older ones didn't come over. I don't know how they, they settled out who, who came over and who didn't. But, um, so it does seem as if Rashi... It's What? Yeah, it was, it's an approximate number, but it's not going to be... You, I mean, yeah. the numbers would be 100,000. Yeah. It should be more like 100,000 if you take this. So, uh, so the, the time of the attack against Rashi is not uh, substantiated. Rashi, what? Oh, I don't know. Kashesh Mayas Elef Bagli, Lavarmil. Like 600,000. Yeah, exactly Later on, there yeah. was a precise counting. Yeah. But, but then, but the six, when they came out of its time, it was approximately 600,000. And I don't see why here. here we, we're not really, they weren't counted. No, no, it was no, about no. 40, 40. There might have been a 441,000, 39,000. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't really matter how many precisely they were. So I think that that is a. Uh, and let me get a funny pause up here now. I say funny, I mean it's a. I'm, I'm still not. Uh, my mind is not thinking so straight. And I'm still using words in a way which I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't having criticised Rosh Hashanah, and now I'm criticising Sukkim. Anyway, Vayoshuvu, they came back. Vayelchu. What does it mean? Vay? If you, on Pasuk Vav we'd say Vayeshalchem, Vayechu Lo'aleim, and now it says Vayoshuvu, they came back. Vayelchu b'nei uven uven God, Chati Shem Menasha. Uh, if all this conversation yeah, had occurred like, in no. Shilai, you would have expected it to be right at the very top. And besides, Yeshua didn't live in Shilai, as we're going to discover. He lived in a place called Timnasorach. So what was he doing in Shilai? And besides, we said they went, and now they came back. So that's a bit of a, of, of, of a, of a problem. So, there are a few different shots in Chazal on this. One shot is that before, I think the Malbim shot, before they, they, were now, they went actually, they had this drosha from Yeshua in Timnasech, which was his, his town. And they thought, well, before we go back home to the East Bank, we'll go to Shilai to thank the Abishta that we all survived and to say bye-bye. I mean, this is an appropriate way of, you know, I, you know, before you go back to Eretz Chutzal Oretz, Gateman's and Kaisel, yeah, and Davenu one last time before you go back, if, if, you're, if you're able to, you know, yeah, that's, that's the idea, you know, or go to the <coughs> Overs, keep the Overs in heaven, to say bye-bye to the Overs. So then before they went back, they went to Shila. So therefore, Yeshua in Polsuk, in Vov, Vayishalchem, and also in Polsuk Zayin Menashe, Vayishalchem, but nevertheless, on Polsuk Tess, it says that they went to to um, to um, Shilai, and then they went off from from Shilai. It's one pshat. The second pshat in Chazal is it's a sweet pshat. The Yeshua was so felt so close to them that he said, "I'm going with you," and he accompanied them all the way to the Yarden. <laughs> and then they said bye bye. They're about to go, and then somehow they discovered that if they all went over, poor Yeshua was going to be left on his tod. Because nobody, <laughs> he'd gone with them, and they were all left. He was left on his own. So they thought, oh no, no, no. So they went back with him to, as it were, to accompany him back. And only then they went. That's an, that's another pshat. A third pshat is a chazal that says that if you get permission from your rebbe to go, that's fine. But if you then say bye bye to your rebbe and you then hold back for a few days you have to go back to your Rebbe again and say bye-bye before you actually go. So therefore, they'd originally said to him bye-bye, but then they tallied for a few days, getting their things ready or whatever, so they went into him again and they said, say bye-bye. Right, these are those dim shot. Now we get to a strange story. All the Mephorshim I've seen seem to assume that this next story happened immediately, simply because it's the next posuk. And as a result of that, they're getting themselves involved in enormous problems, which, I, which I'll explain to you in a moment. I'm going to suggest, and this is my own chiddush, which is either right or wrong, 
but this may have happened 20 years later, 30 years later, 40. There's no problem. I mean, look, uh, we're, in, we're getting to Pasha Shmois, aren't we? This week said we've got Moshe Rabbeinu, and a, he was a youngster. How old was he? 20 or whatever. Kills the Egyptian, runs away. And then in the next part that you find him going to Midian, and how old is he then? 20. What? 40. I'd say 80. 70. 76. Years? Presumably. I mean, he married straight away the daughter of... Of, I mean, he only had two, two children from her, so presumably that was immediately. They were the babies, yeah? So I assume that we've got a complete gap of so many years. And then often the Torah just sort of jumps so many years because it's, nothing happened of any significance as far as the Torah is concerned. So I'm going to suggest that this may have happened many years later, and I'll show you my evidence for this in a moment. By your voyage, and they came, either on their way back or many years later, El Galilois Hayarding. The Galilo Sayyad means in the area of the yard, and somewhere up, not in the Yurichai, we all talk about yard in Yurichai, this would be somewhere up in the north somewhere. Asher Be'ez Kanoan, which is in Erez Kanoan. And that's why I'm suggesting that they came by your Vayu, may suggest they, they already were on the east bank, and they crossed over now to Erez Kanoan. Vayivnu, b'nei Ruvei, b'nei God, v'lechatsi shev menasheh, shom, Mizbeach, and they built a Mizbeach. Alayadan, beside the Yadan. Mizbeach, Godel, Lamara, Agoisa, Mizbeach. Lamara, to be seen. Now, we're going to be told the whole story, so uh, to put you out of your misery, because I know you're in a misery. You're looking very unhappy. I'll tell you the whole story, which, which pinch, which no, no one in the West Bank understood. They had an idea that sooner or later Claudius Soil are going to say to them those who are in the East Bank you're not really Jews are you? You're sort of semi-Jews, you know, you're the you're like the Scots on the other side of the you know, the, you know, you know you're not really us because we are the ones who stayed in the, in the West Bank and between us and you, you've got this Grace of Yarden, so you're the, you know, that lot after all you're not staying, maybe they're not even Eretz Yisrael proper um, I haven't mentioned this before, but I mean, this is the problem about what is the status of the land on the East Bank. I mean, if you go look in Pasha Masai, where it talks about the borders, it seems that once you get to the River Yarda, it just goes straight down. So those lands on the east side is not as you saw. On the other hand, it was part of the land given to Avon Movino. Yeah? Ahuyikori which was given to Avon Movino. So therefore, maybe it is part of it. So big problems among the post What is the status of the land on the East Bank? Is it really Chayva, Trumas, and Maisus? Midurisa, Efshayor, Efshanisht? Everybody seems to agree that on the other end, the school is as you saw, you haven't got. So it's not, it's not, Amas, as you saw, is Machapa, you haven't got that. Avi, as you saw, Machakim, you haven't got that. You know, they are clever. The Israelis do, oh, have a Chochmah, don't they? They have a, cleverness, a sharpness, so, so which maybe we were chosen. No, we've, we've produced our Moshe Feinsteins and, uh, you know, Harlem Kotler's, you know, without, but nevertheless. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and various other things, various other things, maybe the schoolers of Israel you haven't got on, but some people say that the Thomas and Meister don't apply in Kutz in, uh, on the East Bank, Midoraisa. Maybe it has to be captured or whatever. Maybe it was captured. Well, there are different shitters on it. But one way or another, it is not... There's something second-rate about this land which is not called part of Eretz soil in Matas Masai. So therefore, they were chayish that years later, the Yidin would say to them, you know, you're the... Uh, you're not really us. You're, you're a sort of geirim, chatsi Yidin, you know. After all, there is this propensity, isn't it, to make anash, you know, anche shlomeinu. You know, we are, of course, these may be Jews, but they're not. You don't have Anash? All the Hasidic groups will always call their own group Anash, Anshe Shlomeinu. So, you know, we are really bells. These others, they're the hidden, yeah, but they're not bells. I mean, you know, we are bells, you know, we are Ger, we are, you know, this is really us, you know. It's breaking down into the opposite of Ahib Yeshua Melech, Misase Roshiyom, Yachad Shivta Yisrael. The idea that Kali Yisrael is only one with all of us joined together. Yeah, I mean, uh, like a, a mishpocha. I mean, none of you are my mishpocha, but nevertheless you are all yidden. I mean, uh, this, this, uh, yes, you, you're, you're not, we're, we're davening in bells, yeah, but they are, they're davening over there. They're also yidden like everybody else. I mean, there is a, a, a potentiality, you know, you say, or Chasvet only can start saying, thanks, you know, these are a and they're not really us, sort of. And that's wrong, yeah, that's clearly 
very wrong. But this is, they're afraid there's going to be this division. They're going to say to them, ah, they're second rate. So what they want to do is they want to, they decide it. I mean, I don't know how you would, how you would establish that this is not so. The method they decided was to make a misbeth. And the Mizbeach, we're going to say, according to the Bishonim, come out as a, as a, comp, a copy of the one in Shiloh. Well, the one in Shiloh would have been made by Moshe Rabbeinu. That would not have been a Mizbeach Godel. Because the Mizbeach of Moshe Rabbeinu was actually quite a pathetic thing compared to the one made by Shlomo. Shlomo's one was, was 32 armors by 32 armors. Now, that's, that's big, or 28 by 28. That's already a big one. I mean, this was a relatively small, and if you look at the Shiurim, which is mentioned in the Chumash, it's, uh, in, am I right? It's only one number by one number on top? Yeah, am I right? What? I mean, that's a, what? What's the it's size? The uh, sorry, sorry what? The other. No, the no, no. So, so, I mean, this Bachadoma is three, is, is how, what's the size of it? What does it say? Doesn't it say three armors? What's it say? Anyway, it's small. I'll, I'll work it out for next time. It's small. So, so only may, maybe they copied it by making a great big one of the same size. And they're trying to say, we also have a, a Mizbeach. But they intended it only Lamara. That's this crucial word at the end of Pazak Yud. To show they weren't intending to offer Kobonus on it. And with that, the um, people talk about an issue. How were they allowed to build it anyway? Because there's an issue in the Torah to make anything doma to the the, the yeah. kalim of the base of yeah. yeah. It comes under the heading of losas and itzi the kekes or the kezor. Anything which is made for the base of mikdash, like the kuvim, you're not allowed to make anywhere. So you can't make a tavnis, uh, a tavnis of the of the menorah, the original menorah, or a tavnis of the mizbeach, etc. So may some suggest the mizbeach was undersh. Maybe that's different. Meshach Hochman wants to suggest that, otherwise they could never have made a Mizbeach. But others say, yes, you can make a Mizbeach, but you can't make a Mizbeach like the one of Moshe Rabbeinu, that sort of proportions, looking in the same way. So how could they make it? The answer is, it was only Lamara. It wasn't to actually be used. It was only uh, something there as a symbol, not a used article. And the Isra of Lesasun Itzi is only when you're going to be using it. And it may even be that it didn't have a way up. It, it, missed, it missed the kevish. And without the kevish, yeah. you can't go up it. You can't get to it. You know, you've got this great big mizbeach, if, especially if you make it ten times as high or five times as high. Without a kevish, you can't go to the thing. So it was only Lamar, a symbol to show we also, we also have a share in, in Shiloh. It might have been better if they'd actually sort of gone once, three times a year to Shiloh. That would have been even a better symbol. But... Um, Perhaps they found it a bit too difficult, which is what they said. So that's what they did. But nobody knew this. And that's going to be the problem. The Claudius Swell, when they hear this, they what on earth is going on here? And it's got two problems. First of all, they might think it's Favay de Because you're not allowed to make any. But let's go back. Now that they had Mishkan Shiloi, they were not allowed to make a Mizbech. The way Rush is bringing it, and according to how we pass in the Halacha, they, you're not even allowed to have a Bombas Yochit, as long as you have Shiloi. So when the Yinwin and Midbor, they weren't allowed to have a Bombas Yochit. When they came over to Gilgal, they were allowed to. Once they had Shiloi, it was forbidden, until it, be, until it was destroyed, then you had no... And, um, <coughs> <coughs> Then it was allowed once again, until they had the base of Migdosh, and then it became also any more to have any other, any other uh, bombers, which is the problem of the bombers made by your own Benavot, that this has come under the Issa bombs. So therefore, this is man Issa bombers. It could, according to Rabbi Shur, according to Rabbi Shimba Yehoi, we don't Paskin like, Bombus Yochid was mut in the time of Shilai, but a Bombus Tziva would have been also. They wouldn't be able to make a promise to One way or another, they're not allowed to do what they're doing now. So, this, you know, this is also, you can't... <coughs> 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 they didn't know this is only going to be a copy. They heard this great big Mizbeach, and they think it's actually going to be served. They just hadn't stuck up their, their Kevesh yet, that they're going to. And therefore, they're over this din. So they think we've got to do something about it. Or it could even be they thought he was Avedazar. 
And you see, this fits in with my idea that this is happening many years later. Because if it happened straight away, I don't think, you know, they just crossed over <coughs> and on their way out, <coughs> they built them as bear. I'm not sure that, you know, you would have asked them straight away. They knew them to be Erech and they'd be fighting with them. You know, you wouldn't have been suspicious, I think, would you? It's more likely if it's many years later and when they had very little contact with them, they would begin to think, what on earth are these blighters doing? You know, by now they're really sort of separating from them. And maybe that's the reason why they wanted to make them. They really could sense that they're being regarded as second-rate citizens. Anyway, by Yishmuv and Yisrael, and Kali Yisrael heard about this. Lema, and they were saying, remember the word Lema always means something. But what's the Lema here? means that they said it over. That is, a few people, heard, no doubt, saw it. They heard about it. They told other people about it. You know, it went round like wildfire, or not wildfire. Took took time. I mean, they didn't have it, didn't have internet or even phones, but they got round. And it wouldn't have been lost in horror either, because it's uh, they're talking about virus, and people therefore were telling each other, "Here God, the Notice the hey. That is, it's not a Mizbeah, but the Mizbeah is a copy of the one in Shiloh. El Mulher is Canaan, opposite the land of Canaan. El Galila Tayyadin, and Ever on Yisrael, on our side of it. There are a lot of words here. It sounds to me as if in the, the, the very north part of, of the Yarden, perhaps north of the Chula, it wouldn't be necessarily clear where it which side it is, and therefore it's emphasizing an Avam and a Yisrael, it's on the west side. Whatever it is, by Yishwala Yisrael, then everybody heard about it. Yeah? So in Yudalaf, some people heard about it, then they re heard about it, or maybe Shmir, it sounds in the sense of heed, you know. Sometimes you can hear, and there's, there's hair and de hair. Yeah. Yeah? Shema Yisrael does not mean you hear, but put, take it into your mind. And they thought about it and thought, what the heck? By Kolil Kol Adas Bnei Yisrael Shilai Laras in Atava, they're going to have a fight. They're going to have a fight. We're not we're not putting up with this. Now, the reason why I suggested to you it's thirty. This must have been many years later. Is it doesn't mention Yehoshua? I mean, what would have happened? Surely, if this happened immediately afterwards. They surely would have gone along to Yeshua and said, what, What's up, Mando? I mean, you know, and there's no, there's no mention in this parasha of Yeshua. We've got Pinchas, yeah, but no Yeshua. Now, how can that be? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, he's given the whole power of Moshe Rabbeinu. He's the undisputed leader. For 14 years after this, it was 14 years of, 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 of uh, Kibbutz and Chalukah, and he lived another 14 years. So I would suggest that he, I mean, I saw this, uh, this asked a question by one of the Bim Kafoshim. Funny they didn't ask Yoshua there. Funny that. <laughs> well, maybe because he wasn't alive. And that makes, fits in with this whole idea. You know, they already separate from them. Many years later, they find they're doing something. Maybe because the other ones realize they're being regarded as second rate citizens. And therefore, they, people immediately, they haven't got their Yoshua to ask. So they come together and they get, they're going to do something about it. And this is actually a great thing. You know, if I were to hear about somebody doing an Aveo, Tut, tut, tut. You know, would I do anything about it? Not really, no. We don't get worked up, do we? we we're very. Um, perhaps we live in England, and everything in England is very cold and calm and relaxed. You know, you need to be a sardi sort of to get worked up about things, and we treat everything very, very relaxed. But, no, you know, I mean, this is not right. I mean, you see this in the Torah. If a, sin, if a city sins, you have to make a fuss, as Rabbach says here. And we'll see it later on in Pelegish Begiver. When they found something is very wrong, they all came together to do something about it. They, they weren't prepared to tolerate evil. As far as they're concerned now, this, these Shvatim have decided to do this Mizbeach, which is either breaking the rule, you can't have a Mizbeach except in Shilai, or maybe even an Avela Zara, we're going to kill them. We're going to kill them, we're going to fight against them and kill them. 
It's on the West Bank, yeah. Everybody makes clear it's on the West Bank, but it must be, yeah. it's right next to the Yarden, and I would have thought, therefore, that, that you know, you go next to, north of Hula, you have different heads of the Yarden. And doing this, well, yeah. It, I, I, Yes. Therefore, I, I, I think the words. El, yeah, I think. El, I hear that. No, he doesn't say that that they were annoyed because they cut their land. If you look at, I, I think. No, you see, if you look at. That's true. But you, you see, it, it actually says El Mul Eretz Canaan. It wasn't actually in Eretz Canaan in the sense of the land that they'd actually captured. It must have been part of this non-captured land. I'm suggesting. It's in a controversial area. Yeah. Well, there's no, board, no borders to be seen. There's no borders to be seen. The Yarden makes it. This is the, obviously up the Galilus Yarden, which I understand the source Yarden, where you the have these splits. The of Sorry? They put it on the side of the to the children of yeah, Israel. Yes, that's right. They put it in their land. Yeah. But it's in the. Not, I think. I don't think they booted people out. No. no. So it wasn't really taken up, you know, no. it was sort of. Hefka land. So what do they do? So to very briefly before we we go. Because apparently although they built this Mizbeth there, they weren't there. They are now sending over as Pinchos ben to give him a drosha. After all, he's in the Chimish. Yeah, you can tell them, behave yourselves. One Nossi for each family. That is, you have nine and a half tribes in the West, which effectively means ten yeah. tribes. And each tribe would be divided into various different base of. So there was the leaders of a base of. The Ish, Rosh, the base of, Heimo. There's a lot of words here which I'll talk about maybe next week, next week. But what they've done is they've sent an emissaries, two people. One is a religious person who will give him a drosha. He's the, maybe even the Kohen Godel. He's called a Kohen, which maybe he's the Kohen Godel. He's coming over and he's going to give him a drosha about religiosity. But why is he taking the other ten? To tell them, we are united. If you don't comply, we're going to fight. Yeah, this is no. This is not a mucking around. This is, you know, talk softly and carry a big stick. He's bringing with him one person, the leader of each one of the other shalitzrotim, to say there will be war. Yeah. Right. And um, and, and we'll see next week in Mitzvah Hashem the conversation that he gives them, the Musadrasha he gives them.